Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 55, starting at verse 1, and I will be reading out of the Common English Bible. All of you who are thirsty, come to the water. Whoever has no money, come buy food and eat. Without money, at no cost, buy wine and milk. Why spend money for what isn't good, what isn't food, and your earnings for what doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Enjoy the richest of feasts. Listen and come to me. Listen and you will live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful loyalty to David. Look, I made him a witness to, all, to the peoples, a prince and commander of prophets. Look, you, uh, you will call a nation you don't know. A nation you don't know will run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, who has glorified you. Seek the Lord when he can be found. Call him while he is yet near. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. I'm Steve Hyduke, one of the I'm pastor here at Ovilla United Methodist Church. I'm glad you're here with us for worship, whether you're here in person or uh, connected through the internet. We're glad that you're here for worship. So please pray with me. We're grateful for all the opportunities we have, God, to gather in person and virtually to worship, that we might know that we share our love for you and our love for the church with others. And so, God, as we are gathered in worship, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, because you, God, are our rock and our comfort. Amen. We of the Advent Conspiracy are committed to spending less for Christmas. We want to spend less for Christmas so that we can afford to give more to support the, the lonely and the hurt and the broken in the world around us. And when we worship fully, we're drawn magnetically towards wanting to spend less for Christmas. But it's never quite that simple. We can't just go barking at each other and at others. You should give, spend less for Christmas. Because spend less than who? Spend less than how much? So the Advent Conspiracy is really about perspective. It's about helping us get our perspective right to celebrate the birth of the King. Worshiping fully helps us recover the perspective that we get when we listen to God's voice and who God says God is and who we are and how, what God does for us and in us. We don't believe when the world tells us that our significance is based on what people give us or on what we give other people. We believe that our significance is based on who our God is and what our God says about us. So... We spend less because we worship God fully and we're reminded that we are not at the most basic level economic beings, but spiritual beings. So we spend less. Now, I know 70% of the U.S. economy depends on consumers spending. And even though consumer isn't our baseline identity, we are consumers. And if we totally quit spending, well, 
this year we don't have to say if we totally quit spending because we know what happens to the economy when we quit spending. Because earlier this year, we all did stop. And tens of millions of people lost their jobs. So we're not about stopping spending. We're about spending less, which I might add just for the sake of you're here and listening. Stewardship is itself not about, not about giving everything to the church. It's about getting our priorities and our perspective right to know that we are stewards of all that God has given us and put within our control. So once upon a time, I felt certain that the way to a person's heart was what I gave them. So I buy gifts for people. Now, this was never a particularly satisfying um, way to a person's heart for me because I'm not really good at, at finding gifts for people that, that capture anything about our relationship, if you know what I mean. I'm good about, tell me what you want, and I'll go buy it for you, which really kind of uh, cheapens the relationship because instead of it saying, here's something I found that, that says something about you and what you mean to me or about our relationship, it's you tell me what you want, so instead of you buying it, I buy it for you. Which doesn't say a lot about a relationship, but it's kind of where I was stuck. And it doesn't make matters any better in that I think I live in a society, I hope it's not just me, that that is full of this insecurity in relationships. You, we're almost never quite sure exactly what the other person thinks or feels about us. And the only comfort we have in that is when we realize they're never quite sure exactly what the relationship is from their side either. And one of the voices of the world is saying to us that relationship health is built entirely on what we spend on each other, maybe even on how much we spend on each other. But there's good news this morning that the, 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 the health of a relationship is not based on how much you spend on each other. Spending less doesn't mean the relationship is less valued. Spending less is just breaking the link that says the value of the relationship is how much you spend. Now, in many cases, this will probably uh, mean that we have to have some conversations, too. Because instead of just stopping spending or spending way less on your loved ones, you'll want to explain, this is not because you mean less to me. This is because I'm regaining a perspective on celebrating Christmas as the birth of the king, rather than on spending all I can on people and in that way telling them what they're worth to me. We don't tend to be a people that are really good at that kind of awkward and uncomfortable conversations. But rather than simply spending less and hoping that everybody in your gift list knows what the Advent Conspiracy is, I encourage you to consider having the challenging conversations. Because spending less is about becoming thoughtful. To spend less is to practice being thoughtful with everything we do with the financial resources that we have and how that fits in our relationships. Because money and relationships are related. There's no way around that. And sometimes it actually means we spend more. We might buy more expensive gifts. For example, at a previous church I served, I, I was blessed with this most unexpected blessing, one for which I would never think to ask. 
there's a person in my church who decided that they would bless me by buying me shirts. I'm pretty sure the shirt I'm wearing under the sweater was a shirt this person purchased for me. At least two dozen shirts were just given to me. And early on in the relationship, we had this awkward conversation of, do you not think I find shirts okay? And I was assured that that wasn't this person's motivation at all. It was just something they wanted to do for me. So they provided me with shirts. And every once in a while, the price tag was left on a shirt. And I found out that they bought me way more expensive shirts than I would ever buy. This, the shirts I received as a gift cost more than I would ever spend on a shirt or than I had ever spent on a shirt. Except I learned this. Those shirts lasted I still have every one of those expensive shirts that was ever bought for me because we find out, at least sometimes, you get what you pay for. Often better brands, more expensive, are better quality, which really makes it challenging for us because we live in a world that says, go to the big box store where everything is a lot cheaper and it looks a lot like the expensive brands. And if you give yourself enough time, you'll buy four inexpensive shirts for the life cycle of one more expensive shirt, in which way do you end up spending less? We're into the price. The price is the face value of the objects that we admire and want to purchase, not just for us, but for others. And sometimes we spend less by spending more in the moment because we spend less over time. And our society doesn't want us to know that. Most of the big box, the discount stores, they sell us items for cheaper, but they also don't pay their employees enough for them to live well. So their employees qualify for government help, which costs us in our taxes if it didn't cost us in the price of the products. So we're left wondering, which way do we actually spend less? And I don't know where Amazon is on all this pricing and quality, but I know that Amazon is putting local businesses out of business, and Amazon knows we don't like that they're putting local businesses out of business, and I know Amazon knows that because now Amazon makes ads that tell us how much they're supporting local businesses. So if you want Amazon to choose which local businesses survive, then please do all your purchasing through Amazon. But if you would like a say in which local businesses survive, consider spending at some local businesses. A good friend of mine buys only American-made clothes. And if you've ever tried to buy only American-made clothes, you know they tend to be more expensive because you can't pay Americans a dollar an hour to make clothes. So in some ways, this, this spend less makes us more thoughtful, and it might have us spending more per item, but the thoughtfulness is where this spend less principle of the Advent Conspiracy is trying to take us. So when you consider spending less this year for Christmas, what I really want to invite you to do is to consider the value of the things that you spend money on and consider the value of the relationships that you have with the people for whom you're buying gifts. Consider the value of actually telling someone what they mean to you both with a gift and with words. You'll find the experience 
of having someone tell you what you mean to them feels different than someone handing you a gift card. Consider the value of the everlasting covenant that God has made with us. With us. This everlasting covenant that God will be faithful to you, to me, to all of creation. Consider the value. Which I think is something that the prophet Isaiah was saying to us in this morning's reading. All you who are thirsty, come to the water. Whoever has no money, come, buy food and eat. Without money, at no cost, buy wine and milk. Why spend money for what isn't food and your earnings on what doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Enjoy the richest of feasts. Listen and come to me. Listen and you will live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful loyalty to David. So consider the value of all the things that you spend money on. Consider the value of the purchases that you make for Christmas gifts. Not just the price tag, but the value that the gifts bring to your relationships. Consider the value of what you spend time on. And consider the, the time that you spend on other people and with other people. I've never heard anybody say upon retiring or even when they finally reach that empty nest point, you know, I wish I'd spent more time at work. Consider the value of time with family, which I know is a totally different statement at this point in this year than it ever was in the past because in 2020, almost all of us have spent far more time with our families than we had ever thought possible. And somewhere in there, you probably reached a breaking point where you thought, I know time with family is good. I didn't know this much time with my family was possible. In spite of that, Consider the patience you have likely had the opportunity to learn. Consider the grace that your family members have experienced in also spending more time with you than they had ever thought was possible before. Considering the value of the gifts we buy and of the time and of the people in our lives, will almost inevitably lead us to spending less for Christmas because we put more thought into the entire process. Because value isn't just money. Value is what things are worth. Prices are face values, but worth is the deep value. And you remember worth. We talked about worth last week in worship fully because worth is when we ascribe worth to God, when we say, when we recognize, when we become aware of what God is worth to us and in our lives. And sometimes we have made worship equal to being in the church or going to church. And that's just the face value of worship. It's not the actual value. Some of us want worship to equal worshiping indoors. If I'm not indoors at the church, I hope if you're streaming with us right now, you aren't feeling like that. That worship only counts if you're indoors in the church. It's been hard this year because we haven't been able to worship indoors at the church. 
the way we're all used to. But I'm often reminded that when things get hard, God offers more opportunities for us to grow and to hear from God and what God has to say to us. I mean, we've always known, really, that worship isn't just gathering in the church. It's not just gathering in the building on Sunday mornings. But now we get to prove it to ourselves and to the people in the world around us that, that we recognize the worth of our God and that that makes a difference in who we are and how we live our lives. So I invite you to consider the value of finding ways to recognize and acknowledge God's worth that don't just happen on Sunday mornings. Over the next couple of years, we're going to find out that a lot of what we thought was essential for worship about being God's people, about being the body of Christ, really wasn't as essential as we thought it was. After all, if it was, and if we had been doing it that way, and that was the right way, and that was all that was necessary, wouldn't we all be a lot more like Jesus now than we are? We have this incredible opportunity right now to learn to do things differently, maybe, and it starts with worshiping fully, not just when we're in a sanctuary or watching a screen of a worship service. Worshiping fully is recognizing God's worth, and in recognizing God's worth, we can't help but be confronted with the worth that we have for God the worth that we have to God. So spending less is considering the value. What's the value of what you buy? What's the value of your relationships of the people with whom, for whom you buy it? On Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, Nita Keys comes into my office and invites me to come open her women's Bible study with prayer. And if I'm there and I pay attention, I go and do that. And so this last Tuesday, I went in and I offered the opening prayer and then I said, thank you all. I'm going to go back to work now. And as I walked back into my office to work on this sermon, it struck me, why did I say I'm going to go back to work? When leading a women's Bible study with an opening prayer is just as legitimately pastoral work as sitting in my study working on a sermon. When I consider the value of the things that I do, it gets harder for me to say I have to go back to work when I'm leaving the company of people where we are sharing and ministering to one another in the name of Jesus Christ. When you consider the value of the relationships that you have and the opportunities that you have to bless people with gifts, with your presence, with words about what your relationship means to you, then you're blessing other people in the name of Jesus Christ. So worship fully and spend less. If you're willing to spend less by becoming more about, concerned about value, the value of the things you buy and the value of the relationships you have with the people for whom you buy them, then please also be willing to have the challenging and uncomfortable conversation to explain that though you may be spending less, you don't value them less. What some people do in this way is they replace buying a gift for people with contributing to a charity or a nonprofit cause 
in that person's name, and then that person receives a note of thanks. A great way to begin the challenging conversation. We're a church that does not shy away from difficult and challenging conversations because we know we can't be the body of Christ that we're called to be if we avoid difficult conversations at all costs. Because as a church, we have some difficult conversations to have. And it's scary. And it's awesome. And it's not easy. But that's okay because easy doesn't really get us anywhere. And easy isn't following Jesus. And we're really all about following Jesus. 